0: Yeah, if he does a derby party, we'll we'll gladly come and and hang out and drink probably Corona's. Sean will wear a really nice hat and some nice pants. <laughs> true. I, that's true.
1: He's already got the hat on.
0: I saw Sean at a derby party, he was wearing women's pants that he got from Savers. They were ladies' pants. <laughs> it was amazing. They looked good. fans around the world have been waiting for sponsored by Globox, box it's time for the cease and desist podcast all right all right we just cracked beers fellas what's up cheers cheers going. cheers cheers Mid- i think uh midweek beers i'm a fan of corona's I really am. I've drank so much Corona during Corona, and that's not a joke. That's like legitimately true. I drank so much Corona, I thought I'd be sick of it, but it's still delicious. Are you an extra or a
1: light kind of a uh, guy? I'm
0: an extra guy. Oh. I'm a Coronita. A little bit extra guy. You are. I like Coronitas. Do you want coronitas. to tell that
1: story for a second? That was hilarious.
0: We coronitas. Ryan had a baby, and what you know, any good friend would do, would they'd come over, and a good friend would bring food. I brought beers. No, it's a better friend. It's a better friend. And I don't know, I brought 24, 48.
2: You brought a a a whole case case of
0: coronitas. (laughs) I remember being at the liquor store just going, why are these so cheap right now? (laughs) And so I got them and then sure enough, blow a couple beers out and hey, you you want a eight ounce beer? They fit in your hand like a little baby bird. Yeah, it's (laughs) really nice. You feel tall. The coronitas.
2: I don't think I've had a Corona since the beginning of COVID when it was satire to buy them because I'm yeah. I know, I'm more I of a sour beer person. Now, what, what's, beer? what's
1: your address? We're going to do the drizzly and get you an order in the middle of the episode. Some it's going cornitas. to show up at your
0: door. The <laughs> whole case. <laughs> <laughs> You'll drink all four, uh, 24 of them in like 30 minutes.
2: <laughs> my favorite is probably, have you ever had delirium trimmings? Uh-oh, oh, yeah.
0: Definitely. I have. Yep. Absolutely. That one's
2: my favorite. Isn't it like 12% one- alcohol, though? It's it's pretty, yes. <laughs> yeah. That.
0: Yeah. Well, on that note, I'm going to introduce our guest, which we are super excited about. She was supposed to come on last week, and I personally blew it. You blew so it! That was me. But uh, she just recently joined Armadillo, the InsurTech. Uh, she's uh, more famous maybe for openly. Uh, Liv Kaufman is here on the Season Distance yeah! Podcast. Welcome, Liv.
2: Hey, guys. Thank you for having me. Absolutely. Yeah. This is
0: going to be a
1: blast, and we're so glad you're here, and... uh one of my favorite follows on LinkedIn, undoubtedly. Yeah, Absolutely. Saw you, Absolutely. saw you posted just today uh, at the gym. Yeah. Was, was that today or was that an, uh, earlier in the week?
2: That was today. I've actually shamelessly had two workouts already today. What a win.
0: Uh, Dang, I feel super lazy at this point. Um, yeah. I'm at zero. Talk to us I about mean, your it's gym. Insane.
2: In the Peloton in my office. So if I ever have like a thirty-minute in-between meetings I'll sometimes just run for twenty of those. Do
0: you ever take a meeting on the Peloton? That's what I was gonna ask. It's like, get to the point. Yeah, yeah. Sometimes I'm busy here.
2: Uh, I've I've been on meetings with folks who are walking on the treadmill during them, and I always feel like really <laughs> anxious during that meeting. So I never want to put that same anxiety on anyone. <laughs> yeah.
0: I like it if you're absolutely crushing it. Just I'm trying to PR it, like, right on now, Peloton. <laughs> Yeah, burning calories. Hold on, let
1: me get through this burst. Hold on.
0: Oh, <laughs> Up a hill.
2: Okay. So tell I us. would not be able to speak in the way that I run on that thing. So I know. Right? When
1: people are going on jogs and they're with their friends and they're having a conversation, how does that work? I don't know. I can't do it. I hate, can hate to totally talk I and
0: walk. Yeah, I'm usually out of breath. I mean, you almost died the other week. Uh, so that wasn't a big hike, though. That was a big. hike. You almost died. Sean almost died. Live, and he's going to tell you about it. You got to tell the story because it was hilarious. Oh man, everyone's going to know. I've got no cardio. <laughs> we went. Uh, we went on a little spirit trip up to the mountains with a buddy uh, up in Breckenridge, and he's got a new. He's got a nice new house up there. It's at like eleven thousand feet, so it's a little higher than Breck and we went out on a hike and we had drank the night before so i was a little hungover and a little altitude sickness the next morning and we went oh, no. snowshoeing so it's not just a, a normal hike it's snowshoeing which <laughs> have you been snowshoeing
2: i never have been it feels i feels like never you're eaten. wearing
0: clown shoes like it's yeah, super are very bizarre. floppy. yeah it's not hard but it's not like easy and so we were wearing snowshoes yeah. and we went straight up to treeline where if you don't know treeline that's where trees stop growing because there's not enough oxygen and Pretty much every five or six steps, I thought I was going to faint or throw up or pull. Stop whining. <laughs> <laughs> no, no. Sean was struggle bus all the way up the mountain. He might as well what? have had a walker. <laughs> but I made it. I did you make did. it. Recovery. You did I made Aren't it.
2: You still, they look like tennis rackets still? Because I feel like yeah. Yeah. they look like yeah. tennis, tennis
0: rackets. Oh, okay. yeah. I don't think they've changed at all in probably centuries. Like, they're still the same <laughs> minor men of wood, of course, like Davy Crockett. But, yeah, Sean struggle bus. I was It was tough. It was yeah. the hardest hike I've ever done. Everyone else seemed to do just fine on it. It wasn't very difficult. <laughs> <Lose> <laughs> I had a rough time. Let's get on. to live. This well, is, <laughs> this is, Liz, is wanna, episode. I want to know about your gym <laughs> regimen. What does that look like on a weekly basis? What's your fitness?
2: Oh, gosh, I couldn't read it to you. but oh. um, <laughs> nice. Well, it, right now I, I lift pretty much six or seven days a week. Nice. Um, sometimes I'll take off Sunday, but that's only – if Saturday gets out of hand, uh, <laughs> nice. which is not that often right now because, um, yeah, we just haven't really been going out, Yeah. but, um, Monday is leg day, Tuesday is push Thursday or Wednesday is pull. So like upper body one is emphasis on pushing one is emphasis on pulling, um, then leg chest and then, um, usually some sort of hybrid day on Friday really depends uh, we just switched over to a new plan. Do you guys follow like the fitness industry at all or like bodybuilders?
0: Sean's about to do the Geek to Freak, if you've seen that or read that, the Tim Ferriss diet and workout. It's It makes you feel like a moron. But anyway, go ahead.
2: <laughs> There's a guy called um, – his name is Chris Bumstead, and he's won Mr. Olympia a couple of times, uh, three I believe. And wow. he – has a pretty intense workout regimen that is like if you read you read my post earlier. I think it is about like pushing yourself to absolute failure. Yep. So this week in the gym specifically, I've been like nearly passing out most days because it's really freaking intense. Um Man. But Well, that's like, kinda like, like the geek intense. to
0: freak yeah. workout. Yeah. I don't know if you want to talk about that one, Sean. Yeah, that's- the the do you know Tim Ferris live for our work I do week? Not- Great podcast, great books, um, but he has he's all about minimal effective dose, like what's the least amount of work you can do with the maximum gains, which, I mean, that's pretty much me. Spot on. Me in a nutshell, yeah. and he has this workout, I've done it twice, where over the, it's called Geek to Freak, gain 30 pounds of muscle in 30 days. Oh, wow. Super ridiculous, it seems obscene, and you almost don't work out at all. You have two workouts, you do like a, a, like a pull and a push, like lap pull, uh, bench press, and then like leg press and maybe row. I'd have to look at it, but it's two workouts on two different days. And then you start adding days in between. So I tracked it the very first time I did it years ago, maybe eight to 10 years ago. And I put on like 35 pounds and I worked out a total of like two and a half hours. What? You literally go to the gym for like seven minutes. Like you and look you, like an idiot. <laughs> yeah. You like, oh, one set, got but it's to absolute failure. And like what you're saying, Liv, uh, and I'm sure it's very similar. It's like failure means like someone's got a gun to your head and the weight puts itself back. And so you one set and you're just like shaking and super uncomfortable. People look at you like you're crazy. Yeah. <laughs> it you're in, really and out, in and out. In and out 10 minutes. <laughs> one set and you're out of there. <laughs> It's the
2: really be, the best yeah. a
0: lot. I mean, that's really the harder part. the The workout is not too hard. It's about eating a ton. It's it's a specific diet, and it's just like the first week, you have to stretch your stomach out by eating a lot of two, whoppers, junior whoppers. I was going to opportunity to to, uh, <laughs> a
1: challenge every single but day, an eating challenge.
0: <laughs> you basically have to get through the first week of eating like I don't know five, six, seven, eight bites past where you're like, I might throw up, yeah. but then. <laughs> You're like a never-ending, you know, a never-ending pit. You just keep adding on food and destroying your muscles, and it goes right to the. I did the, the diet, right but I couldn't do the workout. I just couldn't do it. I felt dumb doing it. It is silly. <laughs> yeah, silly. I, don't, I don't disagree. It's but. like that guy comes in for like seven minutes and then he leaves. It's so, so convenient. <laughs> gotta, so okay. then, Liv, uh, in
1: tandem. What's the eating regimen thing? Because I'm sure that's obviously more than half of kind of what you're focusing on.
2: Um. So today I've eaten so far. Oh, breakfast was really difficult because it was like that protein stretch. Yeah. So there's this. A- 25 uh, gram of protein, like Greek yogurt that you can get. And then I mix in 40 grams of protein into it and then put creatine and then some sort of rice cake inside of it crumbled up. So it Man. at least is a little That's some a little sort
0: sort of steroids. Of nice. <laughs> Was never be way better.
2: Um, ate that, and then I had a uh, barbells protein bar around 10. And then I had some rice and tilapia at two and then Having tilapia and rice again for dinner.
0: Nice. So, That's super disciplined.
2: Super okay. Are you training
0: for something specific, or is this just? No, this she wants to snowshoe a mountain successfully. <laughs> oh, well, it's going to take a lot more training than that. I'll tell you what.
2: Fair. The only thing I'm actually training for right now, which is really easy actually, is I I talked a little bit of like game to the big guy in Ohio nice. because they're having a 5K as a part of their conference, and I was like, oh, I'm going to kill everyone. Like, I'm going to be the fastest one there. And my running speed is not as great as it used to be. Uh, I can run like a 725 mile, and that's not great. Uh, Twice as, fast where, as terrible, though. Yeah, Way that my past running good. was. So yeah. You're doing I've been okay. really training the running side so that I don't embarrass myself and in return embarrass Armadillo.
0: Yeah, I saw in the interview questions, one of the things you enjoy is long runs, right? Yeah. What is a, what's long a long run, run for you? Like eight, how many miles? 10. Like eight minutes, ten yeah, minutes. That's, that's me. Okay.
2: <laughs> it used to be way more, um, but I've been getting back into it uh, since I moved to Missouri. There's really absolutely nothing to do here but run and work. So.
1: When we were at the agency, I was out hitting the streets often. I was seeing my mortgage brokers. I was getting them to uh, know, like, and trust me. You guys are probably doing the same thing. But what you don't have is a unique way for them to remember you, a unique way for them to refer you business. Now's the time to get Glovebox. You have a great uh, mobile and web platform in the form of an application that they can go in and and refer you to their clients. And I think this is a really impactful way to stand out and just be the guy that they want to refer. So try out Glovebox. Come see what it's all about. You're going to love it.
0: So let's talk about your career. I would love to start here. Um, you had a stint in chicken. Is that right? Uh, can you tell us a little bit about that? Because <laughs> that is interesting we'll to, start to me. There. What you don't know about Liv is she had a stint in the chicken industry. So <laughs> I did. yes.
2: Um, so I started my like working career at age 14 um, in the state of Indiana where I started working. You actually have to go and get a special permit when you're that young if you want to work. So I made my mom take me to the office. She had to sign it. And you were only allowed to work like X hours a week um, at that age threshold, which makes sense. Yeah. Uh, but I got two jobs like right off the bat. One was at a donut shop and one was at a chicken restaurant. Um The chicken restaurant was really interesting. It was one of those, like, southern, they serve everything country style. So I would literally come home just, like, caked in mashed potatoes because I'd been, like, dipping mashed potatoes and chicken and dumplings (laughs) and green beans for hours. Um, But I I got free food. You enjoyed it.
0: (laughs) Yeah. Nice. Um,
2: You actually made a ton of money there. I Like, as a kid, I would come home with, like, sometimes $600 weekends. Wow. um, Nice. Because it was $25 a plate, you would get like 30 top of people, and they yeah. would have automatic gratuity. This is so not chaos. Why did you ever leave?
0: Yeah. yeah, what? That sounds like a dream job. Free food. <laughs> I'll take that money. right now. That's Catch more money than we're making right now. <laughs> so.
2: Yeah, it was awesome. Uh, I enjoyed it. I've always really just liked working um, and being busy, so it's been fun. Nice.
0: Let's talk about your entrance into insurance. How did you fall into insurance? Because nobody goes in intentionally. So how, how did you get pulled in or fell in? Tell us about
2: that. So, um, when I was actually looking at this question, I like took it a step further back and I hadn't actually made that connection until I was really thinking about this. Um, and that's funny because every time I get on a call with an agency, I just make them tell me this answer. I'm like, how did you get here? I want to know like this piece of your story specifically. Um, but I started out actually in like the vision insurance space. Uh Um, While I was in college, I started working at an optical shop. Um, So I did some of their claims filing. I did the benefits piece, and then I helped um, inside of the office operations. That eventually grew into me working for a company called Warby Parker Uh in the nonprofit side of their business. So I was helping Grow and scale their retail stores, but also grow and scale the diversity elements and the five hundred one c three give back initiatives that they had mm-hmm. um, inside of those retail locations. But I was not as insurance evolved, uh, involved. Involved, um, but while I was there, my best friend at the time, John Hoyt. Uh, hi, John. If you're I know. John,
0: I know John. I've met John numerous John times. As well.
2: Yeah, yeah. <laughs> he um, he's one of my oldest and dearest friends. Nice. He pulled me into the independent side of the industry. He was leaving a 11 year stint at Geico Mm -hmm. to start a small independent agency with um, a large aggregator partner that we had at that time. And he being fully candid with you, Convinced me to do it while we had had like six white claws in his hot tub at his house.
0: Yeah, um, that's quite the interview process. I'm going to need you to drink these six white claws and hop in the hot tub, and we're going to chat. <laughs> Smart, actually. Yeah. I like that. He Let's get settled in here.
2: He, yeah. yeah, he was like, "I know you know nothing about this industry. I'll pay to get you licensed in the PNC space. Just please quit your job and do this with me." He was really terrified to kind of leave the corporate space and do something from scratch. So. I told him I would do it. Um, That's awesome. And then nice. we, I got licensed. That only took two weeks. It's actually not very hard. Yeah, it's
0: really weird. Uh, <laughs> license is funny. Super, super easy. <laughs> yeah. yeah.
2: Um, we entered a period then where we were sitting on the floor of a co-working space, just kind of waiting for carrier appointments to come in. Um, so that was when I first started to love the carrier space because there was literally nothing to do but read underwriting guidelines, which is so boring, but I did that. I learned the ins and outs of the independent side. We grew that agency and then moved to Dallas, Texas to help. Um, I think, you know, our friends at quantum, yep. yeah. Um, yeah, that's where
0: we met John when he was at quantum. So
2: yes, yes. Yep. Um, we, we went to kind of help them facilitate and grow their call center in Dallas. Um, and from there. I went to Openly, as you know, and then from Openly, I could talk for an entire forty-five minutes about what I learned at Openly. Yeah, um, coolest experience ever. Greatest people, love that company. Um, how then? I found how big here. how
0: big was Openly when you went there? Like, how many employees did they have? What employee number were you? Do you know? Thirty-two. Nice. I believe. So that yeah, they was, were still pretty young at that time. Yeah, I
2: was number three or four, depending on how you look at it on the business development side. So the agency growth and operational piece that I got to help build and kind of facilitate in the partnership space went from four people to, I think, 26 of us in the agency relationship side when I left, which was a lot of growth.
0: How hard is it to walk into an agency and pitch them a new carrier? Like, what, what was that like? Because, I mean, agents are creatures of habit. That's just how it is, right? They're like, yeah, I don't really like stuff new. You know, I like my, my normal carriers. So you guys being the new kids on the block, how hard was that to kind of go in and pitch your guys' product?
2: It was really easy.
0: <laughs> I was, <laughs> was going to say, it might be. You know, it's it's new and exciting. I bet not for most carriers, but for openly specifically when, you, yeah. when you're using... New kid on the block. You know, I don't want to say any carrier's names, but some of these old quoting systems, and then you see that, you're like, wait Some a of minute, them are amazing, What did you Chong? just do there? And if you
1: have a legitimate brand that you can actually leverage because then you can point to the client and say, like, this is a cool company, I promise.
0: Yeah. So, you know. I can think of one of our carriers, remember, quoting their uh, fire-dwelling product, mm-hmm. and it was literally like doing a... Oh. Extremely difficult crossword puzzle. <laughs> Not successfully. It was like, yeah. They act like they don't want this business. They've made it so extremely difficult. So um it probably helped that you guys were just home. So it was kind of an easy product to uh get agents to pivot into. But yeah, I could see that being a bit of a challenge, but maybe it wasn't.
2: That was the only pushback was that it was monoline. Right. Um but we, we had our objection handling questions and statements that we would put into place there. Yep. And there, I, I got dished out a couple of no's. Um, the no's were largely from, like, large digital agencies who needed more in-depth integrations so that we just weren't ready for, yep. um, or state footprint, because Openly is only in a number of the states, so that was another area of kind of growth objections. But it was it was honestly so fun. I if I am counting correctly, I think I onboarded somewhere between like five and 700 agencies while I was there.
0: Um, wow, so one call close. I hope you kept your stock for sure because that stock is going up. <laughs> oh thank God, perfect. Perfect. What yeah. um,
1: when you walked into the industry, did you have a specific skill set that you really wanted to work on and like kind of wanted to leverage and you know kind of take off with or how, how did that work?
2: The industry was a little bit hard for me at first because I was so people oriented and everything that we were doing was virtual and all of my professional experiences had been face to face. Um, But I really just put myself in the mindset of like, as long as you're helping people and you understand the value that you're bringing to them, it's going to fit with your core values. So I've kind of brought that same thought into the companies that I go and work with, um, openly definitely met that for me and armadillo meets that for me exponentially more than i could have ever asked for so yeah
0: so talk to us about how you got lured away from openly and also on a side note i am upset that you didn't tell us you were leaving because we would have lured you over here but how did they get you over <laughs> at armadillo yeah oh
2: it was an accident um <laughs> they got
0: you in a hot tub and gave you seven trulies <laughs> and so <laughs> uh,
2: do you know uh coverager the folks over there
0: yeah yeah Okay.
2: Well, I think it was Sheffy that wrote an article about Armadillo. And I like to be an advocate for the space and really make connections where it makes sense for the agency partners that I'm working with. And I always like to know where to point them. Um, I try to point them in your direction wherever I can, but everyone has you at this point. So I I don't really get to have that conversation I anymore. <laughs>
1: um,
2: but yeah, I, I read about Armadillo and I was like, that's really cool. Um, home warranty sucks. Yeah. It just (laughs) flats out. Um, so I, I poked around on the website and I shared a post about it on LinkedIn. I was like, Hey agents, this is cool. Um, check it out. Like nothing more than that. And Matan, my now friend and CEO reached out and was basically like, who are you? That was so nice. Why would you do that? Um, and he and I hopped on a call very quickly became friends um i caught the vision of what he was doing pretty quickly and at that point i had absolutely no intention to leave and that wasn't on my radar or agenda but as i got to know him i started to hear about like what was going on and i wanted to help and i kept making introductions like to some of my partners for him and it just it was all going really well i knew that he had big visions and um we got to have dinner while I was at home for the holidays, and I met with him and his co-founder, Lanston, who is, he's exceptional. He's founded two really successful companies, one in the extended warranty space, uh, ServiceNet, which was acquired by AIG and is now a multi-billion dollar revenue company. Uh, He also founded uh, a company called Pet First, which is now MetLife's proprietary pet insurance company. So as soon as that acquisition was done, he started working with Maton. um, So really good batting average on companies in this space. And he also has had two Derby winners. So I think that his luck is really good. Wow. Um, He's on a run. No pun intended.
1: Yeah, Yeah, for sure.
2: Out of his 16, I think he said he said 16 that have run. Um, But yeah, so I I trust him. I trust Mm -hmm. Maton. We're building something really cool. So it just felt like... Right go the so derby.
0: yeah, if he does a derby party, we'll we'll gladly come and and hang out and drink probably Coronas. Sean will wear a really nice hat and some nice <laughs> pants. <laughs> true, because that's true.
1: He's already got the hat on.
0: <laughs> I saw Sean at a derby party. He was wearing women's pants that he got from Savers. They were ladies pants. <laughs> <laughs> it was amazing. They looked good. Um,
2: you have to drink mint juleps at the derby. There's no other way to do it. Yeah, I'm from fun. the local sure. area, so it is our holiday.
1: So, um, kind of switching topics for a second. You talk about the the buzzword of embedded insurance and kind of how that's being uh, portrayed now in our space and how it's being utilized and uh, included in, in various places. How is that going to work for Armadillo and where do you see that being a piece of kind of your selling feature and where you guys are at?
2: Yeah. Um, talking distribution and betting, we have a couple of different buckets that we play in. Um, we have the independent space of course we also have the real estate space um and a little more context on the product which would probably help yeah, yeah um, certainly this piece home warranty was invented by real estate agents um like 50 60 years ago because they kept getting stuck with really large bills and liability issues when something bad would go happen oh bad would happen with the home um so They created a product to kind of alleviate some of the costs for the consumer, but also to protect their E and O. So the real estate agency's E and O is definitely protected a little bit more when a home warranty is placed on a home purchase contract. So they advocate for them. Um, even though the ones that are out there kind of iffy from a coverage standpoint, Mm -hmm. about 50% of claims in the home warranty space are actually fulfilled. So, wow. Oh. Depends on how you look at it. Half glass full, maybe empty. <laughs> well, yeah. zero
0: zero percent of them get covered on a homeowner's policy, which is what consumers think would happen. <laughs> like how many calls did we used yeah. to get on that regularly? Yeah, big time. Yeah. Brutal. So that's a high percentage. Yeah. I would not yeah. have done that. Why is that? Like how do they get out of the claim? Is there language in the uh, warranty that gets them out?
2: So if you look at these service contracts, they're typically between fifteen and thirty two pages um for every paragraph of coverage there's a secondary paragraph of what is not covered for that same item of course so from an exclusion standpoint there's a lot of them Um, if you look at our service contract which is basically a policy jacket um it's two pages in total Mm. and we have one paragraph of total exclusions so over 80 percent of what is typically excluded on these policy forms is not excluded on ours so From a base level policy standpoint, we are exceptionally ahead of the game. But from, to your original question, embedded insurance technology, we just hired a new CTO, which I'm really excited about. Um, He is going to really, really give us a nice advantage from an embedding standpoint. We already have a lot of the things that you need to do, stuff like that, like your APIs, your coding. We already make these really awesome uh, like custom partner links for every independent agent that we have so uh we're allowing them to kind of embed those things inside of their process i shamelessly spend a lot of time writing crm copy (laughs) for my agency partners so they can automate campaigns they can put things in their already existing book of business they can automate those processes and we feed them back to um a co-branded effectively direct a consumer purchase path, but it feeds to their book of business. And if a consumer starts on this purchase path, if they ever go back to our website from another avenue, Mm -hmm. it's going to direct them back to that partner so that they get that business because they were initiated from them. Um, So on the independent side, we're doing a lot to embed inside of their process. Um, But embedded insurance as a whole, are you speaking more to... Maybe, maybe a specific like niche of embedded insurance because there's a lot of different areas. Yeah. We could is talk there about. a way?
0: Is there a way to embed it at the carrier level so you guys are almost an endorsement on the policy, which would make it obviously uh, even more frictionless for the agent?
2: That would be very attractive to the agents and carriers, yeah. in my opinion, Absolutely. because
0: be at the carrier
2: show. level, uh, loss ratio mitigation is a very real piece here. Sure. Because if you're maintaining your home if you're taking care of those items regularly as you should the claim frequency on a, on a policy form like ours is 1.62 per year. So that's a lot of claims. That's way more than the homeowner's insurance experience is. And if they're maintenance in their dishwasher, I just pointed at mine, not that that matters, um, you're not going to have a water loss claim in a couple of years that could have been mitigated. So, um, there's definitely a direct data correlation. We don't have a ton of data on it from the carrier attractiveness standpoint yet, but I would be lying if I, uh, said that we were not having those conversations yeah. actively.
0: It's almost like you'd want to have it as a separate policy, but you want it to automatically quote separate because it doesn't reflect on the clue report. If you did have a claim, which would be really nice on your homeowners. <sighs> mm-hmm. But if it automatically populated kind of a secondary policy, that'd be money. I, I could see that as an agent offering it every single time without, you know, even questioning it. And then again, as an agent, you're really covering more of your E&O and not having to deal with those conversations that come in regularly of stuff that's not covered where the the client doesn't get it. They don't understand and they don't really care. So I, yeah. I mean, to think from the carrier level, it would allow them to create a lot, um, you know, better um, experience for their agents and thus trickles down to the client to me.
2: Absolutely. So um, We totally agree with that. And we look forward to those future partnerships when they happen.
0: Yeah. Well, if you need me to jump on a call with some carriers, you know I've got the script figured <laughs> out. There we go, we're done.
1: So,
2: <laughs> no they move so slow.
1: From a uh, agent's perspective, what's the point of sale for to in interject the home warranty part of the process? Is it after submission of their home policy, or kind of when do you recommend they speak about the home warranty piece?
2: The agents who are doing it really well right now, um, and we're still in testing grounds with a lot of these agents. We didn't really start engaging these partners heavily until I joined, so two months ago. Um, So we're in like 10 different pilots on different things, learning a lot of different elements inside of the agency space, large and small. Um, But the agents who are doing it really well are positioning it as like one holistic Package. Yep. So yeah. talking yeah. about line sense. by line, the homeowner's, homeowners insurance is yeah. yeah. Pause. Here's what the home warranty yeah. covers, and yeah. I even shy away to line. Home I, warranty. I feel like that's the easiest home. thing. Here's where your home coverage
0: ends and your warranty starts. <laughs> this it's kind blends yeah. <laughs> in. probably yeah. a broad range. <clears throat> what's like the average premium, or like what? A, what's the, yeah, what's the cost of this? Sean wants to know what his commission's going to be. Yeah, that's that's where I'm going.
2: Um, it can be as low as like thirty one dollars a month, uh, which is three hundred and something dollars annually. Yeah. I Do the math in my head right wow. now. Um, and then the highest and one of my one of my buddies, Aaron Gordon. He always there likes to sell the most expensive package. Of course um, he does. Aaron Gordon is bougie. Like eighteen hundred dollars <laughs> because he, he endorses them and adds pool coverage. I mean, that's the most
0: expensive one every time. I mean. Yeah, I remember just adding the umbrella, getting out of my own way, just being like, "I'll just throw in the umbrella." I would right. never even quote the umbrella, but I'd say it's in the range of three to six hundred dollars. We should definitely add that, right? And when they were like, "Yeah, you're probably right," I'd be like, "All right, cool, I'll go quote it now." Yeah, well, like if you it can do everything. easy math as an agent, which agents don't usually think about this way. If I add. 10 a month, 15 a month, what does that do to, to my income? That's
1: funny. I put 30 on you know? the calculator just now. Right. Like, what does that <laughs> do to my income deals. as an agent?
0: Not only that, it adds extra policies, which is yeah. extra stickiness to the agency, which boosts retention. It's just a layer. You yeah. and you're talking layer. To the
1: umbrella. You're talking home warranty. You're talking everything yeah. that goes along. It makes,
0: so. it makes total sense. And I cannot believe you guys are one of the first, or if not the first, to uh, attack it in this direction of, of, insur- of insurance agents. Like, makes perfect sense to me
2: really silly actually i was having a conversation with a realtor this morning and she was in an area of the country that we have a really really solid agent and she was wanting to partner with us on the real estate side and i was like actually no i like we do that we have a real estate distribution side but i was like why don't you meet my friend trent who's in oklahoma city yeah he has an amazing agency they have a massive homeowner's book i was like he can take care of all of it i was like when better to have someone take care of the home warranty than the same person who knows and has a clear line of sight into the homeowner's insurance side and she was like that makes total sense these folks who are getting home warranties and real estate transactions don't know anything about the coverage no one's consulting them on the coverage they're saying okay you got pre-approved for six hundred dollars in your closing so we're just going to pick the $600 plan and we're not even going to look at what the coverages are. Right. So the expectations are not set. They don't know what it does. They don't know who to call. They don't know how to file a claim. Yep. But when you're with an agent, they're taking you through through the same exact process that they're taking you through on the homeowner's insurance side and it just meets right in the middle really nicely.
0: It seems like a really easy way for an agency to have a blast email out or at renewals to bring it up and send it to everyone and it just <clears throat> educate what... A home warranty does compared to the home and homeowners insurance. Yeah, yeah, it's almost like an R bad. I would do it as like R bad on the subject line. It's like, hey, we didn't have this prior R bad, but now we do. Thank God, you know. <laughs> and easy, I would open it. it almost be <laughs> cool. Oh, and this,
1: I don't know what, why I'm even bringing this up right now, but to uh, kind of white label it as the agency's own. Right, it's like the John Smith agency can white label their own home warranty product, but it's you know armadillo. Um so just throwing ideas on, out there.
0: On that note, where did the, the name come about? Oh, sure. Because you know that's that's an interesting name. It has nothing to do with Home So where did the armadillo name come from? Gotta have a mask. I <laughs> wish
2: I had a better story for this one. I asked Maton this too, and he the answer he gave me was, well, we looked at the cannabis industry first and something about Texas and armadillos. I don't know. Um <laughs> There but he liked armadillo for like the name of the cannabis brokerage that he was thinking about founding years and years and years ago. Sturdy animal.
0: He uh, said, so "What? It's first, a sturdy animal. It is a sturdy animal, you like know? a tank. You know." <laughs> but so- now
2: we're saying like they have a hard shell, they protect you. So, kind of making a play on words, but it's a little bit dishonest because I'm not thinking
0: that for <laughs> nothing to do with that. Nice. Nice. <laughs> yeah. uh I want to switch gears. <laughs> I want to switch gears if you don't mind. So Liv, you're a huge advocate for the LGBTQ community inside of insurance. Uh, I believe you've partnered and Armadillo partnered with Insure Equality. We did. So did we, which I was really excited about. Uh, Can you tell us about your involvement in Insure Equality, what their mission is, and uh, just how you feel about the landscape of the LGBTQ community in insurance?
2: Yeah, yeah. I'll share a little bit of like personal history because that ties right into this kind of question and thought. Um, I was scared coming into this industry, being a queer person, like really nervous because everyone was like, Oh yeah, it's all male pale and stale, whatever. Yeah. Lame yeah. Phrases. Um, I've had a really good experience as an LGBTQ person in the space. Like I, a lot of horror stories that I've heard, I've not experienced those. I've, always been welcomed with a lot of support and just really, really good people from the employer standpoint. There's always been people who've said things and done things, but it's a little isolating sometimes um, to to be different in whatever way you're different. So I think when it really clicked for me that something needed to happen and I needed people who were like me inside of the space was when I started, I made one post maybe a year ago about being out um and that was really scary to do on linkedin yeah. because like it's just scary yeah.
0: um,
2: and i had a number of agents reach out to me afterwards who then started sharing their stories and sharing the stories of their children and not knowing how to support them and what things to say and what advice would you have on this and that for me was an incredible moment um, because for me being out has never really been about me I could care less, um, sure. but it's about providing visibility for people who are not as fortunate as I am. Um, so that is always my thing, and that is what I will be loud, and that is why I'll be loud. Um, but then I met—I think—real catalyst for my like perception change on all, like being more out in the industry was actually uh, Sid Rowe. Yeah, she was really, really kind of firm on me and pushed back on like why I was the way that I was because I was quieter about it. And she just gave me a lot of kind of confidence to be who I am in the space and to just put myself out there more. And then I met Danny at Insure Equality. Oh
0: Danny. He- <laughs> Danny is one of the best He's on the show people soon. I've ever met.
2: Yep. <laughs> he Hilarious. He and yeah. I talk a lot about um, fashion. We don't have time to talk about this today, but when I'm not in workout clothes, I, I am runway ready. Oh yeah. Um,
0: <laughs> he my- tried. He tried to mail me a bottle of whiskey just randomly. <laughs> <laughs> I was like, it's hilarious. Yeah, Daniel's awesome.
2: <laughs> awesome. Yeah. Um, he he slid into my LinkedIn DMs and he was like, hey, I, like just I want to know who you are. Um, and I was like, okay. Cool. Who are you? So we got on a call literally the next morning. It was 7 a.m. his time because he's two hours behind me. I was like, you are absolutely crazy, but okay, let's do this. Um, He told me about what they had going on at Insure Equality, and I just lit up on the inside. Um, Having those conversations and having those people who are like you in the space is super valuable. And then shortly after, I met him, I met Alyssa, who is just as amazing as Danny um in all the ways and i immediately was like all right armadillo let's sign this pledge um and a conversation that matan and i had even had before joining was like these are very real parts about me do i have the autonomy to be who i am and sure. say what i care about and talk about what i care about outside of the context of work but like i was like is armadillo always going to support this part of me yeah and the answer was <clears throat> There, there's other ways to do that um so we signed the pledge um i also am a ambassador for insurer quality so i'll be helping get the, helping them get some money here down the line soon i sure hope yeah um but i i love what they're doing it's really powerful and i'm excited to see it grow and for some really cool accountability to just continue to grow in the space
1: Mad respect. That's super cool. Thanks for being so genuine and uh, bringing that to the space, to this space. It's, it's, you know, very cool.
0: Well, it's badly needed, you know, and I think you hit the nail on the head. If people aren't talking about it, then how is, you know, change going to happen? And people feel comfortable uh, to talk about it with one another. Um, And that's what drew me to the um, organization was the fact that it is in a safe space to be able to talk about it. Um, So yeah, we were excited to be involved and and are excited um, for sure. And we hope other people follow the lead. So
2: I think that you guys doing that will do a lot of really cool stuff. You guys hold a lot of power and influence and in the best way. So I was really excited to see that.
0: Yeah. At the end of the day, you can't create change in technology or the way the business is ran. If you're not creating change in the voices who are running it. You know, so yeah, for sure. Mad props to you. It's it's insanely uh, admirable what you do. So thank you. Yeah,
2: I think in 40 years we are going to have the coolest group of folks. We have really cool people in the industry now, but I think that it's just going to continue to get that much better.
0: You're just attracting all the cool kids. That's it. So I know it's a cool,
2: it's an underrated industry. (laughs) Like Mattan and I, I talk about this with everyone. Insurance is really cool.
0: we love it. Yeah. <laughs> Couldn't it's agree more. The best more. industry in the world. What's happening, everyone? This is Sean here at Glovebox. I want to tell you a story that I dealt with, and I'm wondering if you dealt with the same thing. You sell a client insurance. Three, four, maybe five years goes by, and then you receive a reply email that says, "Hey Sean, I need to add a vehicle to my policy." Hey Sean. I need to get an updated umbrella. I need to add a secondary home. And they're replying to an email that you sent them years ago. You know what that shows me? Is that they don't have a place to come find you digitally. They don't know where to go, so they're hunting you down through email. That is one of the reasons we created Glovebox. Let's let our clients self-service. Let's not require them to call and email us for these simple items that they don't want to have to call and email us for anyway. And I don't want to have to take that call or email for something as simple as getting a new vehicle added to your policy, maybe getting you an ID card. Again, those simple requests. So come check out Glovebox and make your servicing life quite a bit easier. All right. Switching topics. We want to ask you some questions that we ask every single person on this cast. Andy's adding an extra one that he's very curious about. So I don't know if you want to ask your first question, Andy. It's probably the most important one. What is your favorite missing oh, planet Oh okay. I just talked about it
1: before the show I already forgot cause besides,
0: besides Earth, what's what is your, your favorite, favorite planet, planet? Besides Earth Thank you Jeez.
2: Um, probably Saturn, yeah. Oh. Was
0: the,
1: hey, give me an applause there, that's fantastic. I
0: should try to guess them ahead of time, yes. I right right? might need to change a planet to like celestial body or something. Maybe, so what about a moon maybe, like Titan? Like or Saturn's probably the, the most cloud. like photogenic planet, it's the second so. largest
1: planet. It's got the rings, of course. It's beautiful. Uh, I think it changes colors by you know, on its own, it's pretty it's cool. on its own, yes. Man. Wow, <laughs> man. And <laughs> I, I got that. the neon sign in my office. Saturn to school. Good answer.
0: Next.
2: Also, question. Adele Adele has a Saturn tattoo. Um, she loves them. I, do. I don't know why she loves them, but.
0: So it's, it's you. It's it's live. Andy and Adele are moving to Saturn. <laughs> What's your favorite planet?
2: It's a good crew.
0: I've never even thought about that. It has before. to be Saturn. It's the coolest looking. I mean, maybe. I don't. Maybe I'm a Mercury fan. I don't know. Who Come knows? Come on. Who, who knows? knows? What day is Mark it, to a Chris? What day is it? <laughs> All right, Liv. Next question. Uh, what are you watching currently?
2: Mm, um, so I have one episode left of Inventing Anna. Um,
0: I've heard good yes, things. I've heard that as well. I haven't seen it mm-hmm. yet.
2: Really, really good. Um, it's about a woman who pretended to be a German heiress and started to build a very large-scale business operation. whilst conning people out of money and time spent in hotels and all being at the top of like the socialite space in New York City. She was very, very well thought of, very well spoken. Um, she wasn't even... German she was Russian and she came from a poor family and yeah she but I have a lot of mad respect for her too because communication skills literally can't get you anything and she proved that um and how you present yourself is really important and she was well-dressed so no one ever um thought that she was defrauding them so power of clothes and communication is a good (laughs) good lesson to learn from that but it's it's really intense I don't know how she got as far as a bank being willing to give her forty million dollars to fund something um with not having a dollar in her bank account. But
0: she must have had a really good believable German accent. Uh I could never do that because my accents suck. <laughs> can you do any accents, Liv? <laughs> oh,
2: oh gosh. I yeah um my significant others from Serbia. Um oh nice so I I can say a few things in Serbian but they are all Profanity centric.
0: uh... (laughs) Excellent. Yeah, go for it. I sound like I'm having a stroke when I try
1: to do accents. You do the. uh, You can speak Spanish with the Southern accent. I
0: can. I can say "me gusta hamburguesa con queso." Like that's how you would say it in Alabama if you speak Spanish. You know exactly. I would not be able to (laughs) swindle people out of a dime with my accents. So, Liv, I hope (laughs) your significant other is a fan
1: of Nikola Jokic. (laughs) Please tell me you know who that is. The, the reigning MVP in the NBA. Oh, the he's, he's MVP.
0: Serbian. So, okay. the pride of Serbia. <laughs> <laughs> You're going to have to
1: ask about it later. I'll let you figure that out. Nikola Jokic.
2: Uh, of the Hi. athletes in the Serbian space, I'm more familiar with Novak. Okay.
0: All right. Just All right. as famous. Fair enough. Next question What are you listening to? Oh, right gosh. Now?
2: All right. I'm going to embarrass myself in front of the entire insurance community, but I, and you guys do not know this about me. I am like a hardcore, like Taylor Swift lifer. Um, I love her deeply. Nice.
0: What's your favorite Taylor Swiftie song?
2: That is an impossible question. (laughs) Um, You
0: celebrate her entire collection is what you're saying.
2: I I drove for nine hours on Saturday and I made it like nearly through the discography, (laughs) Uh, nice. I
0: thought we were going to save nine hours to like go get a CD that yeah, was like yeah. a, on back order. Concert. Like, a compact disc. <laughs> Lo and behold, you can get it all digital. <laughs> Damn it. All right. Uh, okay. What do you so listen to feel it feel on, good. though? Good. Good answer. What, what's your music app of choice?
2: Spotify.
1: No Napster.
0: It's actually... <laughs> I got rid of Napster. Uh, <laughs> I did it. It's happened. The only reason I got rid of Napster because Napster was better than Spotify, in my opinion. But the Tesla only has Spotify. There it is. <sighs> forced I, your I hand. Made, <laughs> I made the switch. I really forced you. Next Napster. question, Liv. What are you reading? Besides underwriting I, guidelines. I don't do that <laughs> anymore. <laughs>
2: <laughs> um, I just reread something. Um. Do you know the soccer star, she's retired now, Abby Wambach? Of course. Of course. Okay. Her wife is Glennon Doyle, who is a author and speaker and podcaster, and she's amazing. Um, she has written a few books. Uh, her most recent publication was a book called Untamed. It's exceptional, um, and I've read it twice, and I just finished it for the second time.
0: Cool. Love it. <clears throat> Love it. Do you Now, do you read it, or do you audiobook it?
2: I I can't
0: audiobook. I can't audiobook. I love audiobooking Me too. I can read twice as fast <laughs> <laughs> than my normal reading, so it works really well. All right, next question: uh, Who are you cheering for?
2: In and it's life? as broad yep. as you yeah. whatever want. To you make want. It.
0: Whatever you want. <laughs> yep. Besides the armadillo, who are you cheering for? And the animal, not your company.
2: <laughs> um. What's the Tony feel? Well, I was cheering for the Cincinnati Bengals. That did not go. It went well uh, for the most part. <laughs> but, well, and my bracket is was really bad. I had the University of Kentucky winning.
1: Ooh, um man. that was your first mistake. That was rough. Yeah, <clears throat> never do that. I
2: started cheering for them when I was five. My dad was a UK fan, so I was just like, I want to wear a blue shirt too. um so we'll
1: uh, help you. Out. We'll help you out there. Just switch the the U and the K and yeah. put KU. We'll and Get you a Kansas jersey. You'll be in better shape. So
0: Wash those memories mm-hmm. right away. So. You, uh, <laughs> you
1: won't be representing Missouri Tigers anymore, and uh, you're gonna be out of out of Missouri.
2: Go <laughs> um, Yeah, I'll I'll be cheering for the Mizzou tennis team in their match that they have tomorrow. Cool.
0: Awesome, and
1: so awesome. I uh, on just kind of one more question. I know you like martinis, and I love that what? about you. And we are going to be going out to happy hour, and we're going to have a few. You dirty, love martinis, mar- dirty martinis. Right? Order, order order your, your martini. with that for <laughs> how, how do you order your martini?
0: <laughs> what do you What do you got?
2: Um, dirty gin, to all. Of us. Ooh, do
0: you have a specific vodka. gin? Do you like Tangare? What do you like?
2: I really, I am not a gin snob. I love gin, but I've been scrutinized for not really caring because I'll order a well martini and not care. Um, you know what? We
0: love that about you, one. Liv. You'll really go well, no problem. Gin
1: is kind of like pine needles, right?
0: <laughs> I've never had a gin martini, <laughs> but I do love, love martinis. Yeah. All right. Gin why?
2: just doesn't hurt my stomach, um, so I really like it.
1: You're just not but. drinking them fast enough. That's why. Yeah. They, they should hurt your head, not your stomach.
0: So, um, everyone
1: like, every 15 minutes.
0: <laughs> last question for Liv, what are you investing in right now besides openly with your stock? Yes,
2: yeah. Openly stock. Um, to be honest, I emptied my Coinbase like, like a, a while genius. ago. Oh. Before so you moved,
0: did you move over to Doge? Are you a Doge <laughs> coin? No, like, no?
2: no, I just like flat was like no more crypto. No more crypto. Um,
0: smart my, my,
2: see, my, my, hippo, my hippo stocks are not doing great yeah
0: um, <laughs> i read a post the other day some agent was like uh invest in insure tech they said it
2: like, it'll be great dog,
0: they said dog, dog, dog. <laughs> <laughs> like woof.
2: honestly most of my like financial investing in assets i just pay someone to do the guesswork for me so i don't really Smarter have people. as much
0: yeah, that's probably, we a, should probably follow that advice. a better decision when that's you boring. leave us it. up to our own devices. We invest in all of the bad stocks. What you should do is you should follow what we invest in, but the opposite. So if we get out, you get in. That would yeah. be really good. I feel like you'd make a lot yeah. of money doing that.
2: I so. mean, I'll throw some dollars at you guys if you guys are taking
0: Here we small
2: amounts of funding.
0: I don't think anybody wants to go IPO right now. <laughs> no. <laughs> Heck no. That'd be wild. Well, Liv, we want to thank you so much for being on the Cease and Desist podcast. It was long overdue. Uh, shout out to Armadillo. Shout out to Openly. Uh, you're one of the pioneers of the industry, of the, you know, the cool kids is what I said. Uh, we so, love what you do. We follow your, your. I follow your LinkedIn because I'm not really good at anything else, but Andy loves Twitter. I do. So. Twitter's the best. Yeah. I would assume you're on Twitter as well.
2: I only follow two people on Twitter. Yeah. Um,
0: is Andy so one of them? Train. Do you follow Andy? <laughs> you probably should. <laughs> no. you probably should. He's a good follower.
2: No, and I only I downloaded Twitter to follow Euphoria hashtags during last season of Euphoria, and that was why. Our Gen
1: Zers in the room are loving. That I right love now.
0: Euphoria too. <laughs> <laughs> Which so have good. you guys all three seen Euphoria? Yeah,
2: it makes all me scared
0: for, for my kids though. Yeah. Like, Every time they, someone says that, they say that, and yeah, I'm like, I'm not gonna like, watch this. It's more of the party and the drugs. drugs and like they're like 15. Come on now. It's happening younger and younger. I guess. We sound older and older you know, for saying that. Well, Liv, thank you so much for joining us. We appreciate you. Cheers to you. Yep, absolutely. And thank you so much. Thank you, Liv. Have a lovely day.